Well, welcome. We're back for another podcast, and the gang's all here this week, and we're excited to be with you and have another conversation surrounding Scripture. And so I'm going to invite Mara just to kind of um, give us a background of the series, and then Josh, if you want to tell the story. All right. If you've missed it at some point in the last eight weeks, our series for the summer is called Epic. And so we are taking a long journey. We're covering a lot of years, a lot of history um, as the Israelites have left their time of slavery in Egypt, have moved into the promised land. We're into this season of their history where they are the kings. Um, so King um, Saul was the very first king. He's currently still on the throne. Um, but what we talked last week is about how um, God had, had told him that his kingship would end with him. He was no longer, it was not going to pass through his line. David was going to, was anointed and was going to be his successor. And so in this um, story today, it's going to be a really familiar one, one that we often hear from the time we're really little, all about David and Goliath. So we're learning a little bit more about David in this season before he's actually king, but he's kind of already making a name for himself um, in, in their town in their area yeah so david and goliath uh again a very familiar story uh i assume that there's a veggie tales am i right uh, david no. the giant pickle there yeah there we go. is the giant pickle so uh i'm not gonna read i'm not gonna read the entire story because you can go watch david and the giant pickle on your own to get all the nitty-gritty details it's completely but, accurate it's completely 100%. accurate in fact he was a pickle according to the message version um, no. um, so, uh, the story is kind of this. Um, the Israelites were preparing to, uh, to battle the Philistines. The Philistines was kind of this, this big, uh, fierce force, uh, and they were, they were kind of lining up to battle lines to prepare for battle. And uh, as they were preparing for battle, this really big guy named Goliath um, kind of kept approaching the front of the battle line to, uh, to essentially taunt the Israelites, um, to, to challenge any one of the Israelites to, to kind of come and, and fight him and battle him and, and basically saying, if, if you win, then we'll, we'll bow down to you and, 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 and your God will be God. And, and, uh, and he just keeps taunting them. He's this big overbearing giant and he, and he's taunting them. Well, um, there's a guy named David. David is the son of Jesse. Uh, Jesse has several other sons, and some of Jesse's sons were actually in the Israelite army. They were preparing for battle, and Jesse um, calls on David, who David is a, um, a shepherd boy, and so he was uh, kind of, he was actually back and forth. Scripture says he was back and forth between, um, between Saul and, and then tending his sheep. Um, and so Jesse calls on David to go uh, take some food to his brothers as they are preparing for battle, and, uh, and, and also to kind of check up on them to see how things are going. And so David does that. He goes to the, to the front lines of the battle and he, he seeks out his brothers and is taking him some food. Is, there's some tension between his brothers and him because they're thinking that he's just there to kind of uh, make a spectacle out of this and, and to watch uh, the battle. Um, but, but, you know, David is just there to, to bring some food. And while he's there, uh, he, he kind of catches the glimpse of this Goliath guy who is taunting the army uh, and, and hearing what he has to say. And nobody is willing to take on this giant. And, uh, and David um, basically decides that he can take this guy on. Um, little David, little shepherd boy, decides that he can take this Goliath guy. And so he talks to, uh, he talks to the leaders and, and finally he gets approval uh, to, to take on Goliath. Um, 
scripture kind of points to this idea that that he had actually been trained up in this because of his work as a shepherd with fighting off animals, um, protecting his flock. And so he had kind of had some, some practice in, uh, in, in, in taking on fierce predators, if you will. Um, and so, so basically he gets, he gets the okay. Uh, they're setting him up. Uh, Saul puts on this, this big army armor and, and battle armor and prepares him to go. And David says, that's too much. I can't, I can't go to battle with all that. So takes it all off uh, and kind of goes to battle with, his, with the tools that he's used to as, as a shepherd um, and takes the, the sling and the stone and hits Goliath right in the forehead. I love the scripture says it sunk into his forehead, <laughs> which is just great imagery. <laughs> sunk into his forehead. Uh, he falls over and then David comes up with a sword and beheads him. And so uh, Goliath has it's got finally. Tales written. I mean, it's it's really a uh, a fantastic story. And so uh, so yeah, um, David defeats Goliath, uh, and and so that's the the ultimate underdog story. There's um, there's so many aspects of this story that you know we we've talked about it in Sunday morning service, uh, I believe two times in the last couple months yeah. and you know you, you go years without speaking on these stories because there's so much in the bible and then in a two months time you talk about the story <laughs> twice and we, we used the malcolm gladwell uh, video and talked about how david really wasn't the underdog here and mm-hmm. maybe we'll talk about that later but the, the different characters in the story uh, you have saul and jonathan um, who are both champions and and, and I believe the scripture says that Israel's, in essence, quivering in their tents. And uh, so, so what do you think is going through Saul and Jonathan's mind uh, while, while they're hearing the giant? Why don't, why don't you think Jonathan seems like a okay dude, <laughs> kind of a, you know, a brave guy. I mean, he kills like, like 30 or 40 guys on his own at one point. And yet this giant, he, he's not willing to engage. Why, what do you think the problem is? with Jonathan and Saul here? That's a good question. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm wondering if Saul was worried or thinking that this was maybe the beginning of the end Hmm. of his reign. And so like, there's a little bit of that paralysis and that he doesn't want to engage this because as soon as they sent someone out, if that person had lost, Hmm. like that, um, that would have significantly changed their standing. So I don't know if there was that element of them trying to hold back and hold this off as long as possible seeing almost that as the writing on the wall. I, um. Yeah. Well, that's a good, and, and, you know, just as we've had staff meeting, have talked about <laughs> what are decisions, how do we make next decisions yeah. uh, during, I'm not going to say it anymore, what, <laughs> whatever's going on in the world, how we make these next decisions. You, you can almost have this <laughs> paralysis by analysis sure. that you can think about it, that you can just think and think and think. And so here's Saul in his tent just trying to figure out the way out and yeah. and sometimes we have to <laughs> we have to act even when the analysis continues to go on i think that's a good yeah. good good yeah. point mara and yeah the way out isn't going to look like what he expected it no. to be either which is great <laughs> yeah that's true man I, yeah when man when when the obstacle or the enemy that we're facing just seems so overwhelming let's be honest it's it's a lot easier to just kind of to kind of hold back and, and delay that delay decisions and, and kind of kick the can down the road as opposed to because <laughs> yeah because they're tough decisions and, or it's a tough obstacle or it's a tough enemy and so hmm. and and you particularly Saul you know we, we've learned in the previous chapter Saul 
Small Saul's spirit's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's, he's being tormented by, I believe the Bible talks about evil spirits, which is another fascinating part of this story because David's going in and playing for him. And yet when you get to chapter 17, he doesn't even seem to recognize yeah. David. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, what, what's up with that, you think? Yeah. <laughs> you think that's just a... To, to me, I think when in Saul, you see where stress can take you. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what are you guys thinking about this passage? Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's that's good. When you're when you're facing something really big and that stress, man, it just it totally changes your perspective. What you're able to see, it kind of puts blinders on to. So I've never really noticed that that he's not recognizing who david is even though he, yeah but man it does when we're, we're facing stressful situations it's kind of a you get blinders on and you're you're not not seeing what is reality which is not always good and i, th- I think you're seeing that in in our time mm-hmm. that people i mean some of the craziness you're seeing i believe is a result of the blinders that stress causes. Um, I mean, one of the things, and I don't know, I, I wonder if that's a, a physical thing that, that when you feel under attack, sure. there's this sure. focus. Sure. I mean, it's, it's that, uh, that, that survival instinct, mm-hmm. then you, you're focused and your adrenaline's running. And when your adrenaline's running or you're running and, and you're so focused, oftentimes you miss the things that are going on around you. Um, so, yeah. so I, I think that's going on with Saul for sure. And and maybe as you're watching this, it may be going on in your life that that you're feeling this stress. I, I know, I feel that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys feel that, but I feel that stress mm-hmm. and that focus. And you wake up and you worry what's next. And and uh, you know, I I I know you want your pastor to say, oh well, you know, I I never worry about these things. I do worry about these things, and you know, and it it does create within you. Uh, this inability to see clearly if you're not careful yeah. and so sometimes we just got to take a step back and mm-hmm. yeah take a deep breath it's true um, it's true yeah at this point i think it's really interesting that saul really does seem like he's seeking out someone else to kind of rescue them make this decision because when david comes up i think he asked one of his brothers like has he what's been promised to the mm-hmm. person who basically gets rid of goliath and like Saul has given this long list of rewards that he will give to anybody who's willing to kind of come in and step forward and in some ways like do his do his job Mm -hmm. like step up as this champion and I'm thinking man it'd be really nice if I could just offer a big reward for somebody to come in and just (laughs) help us navigate this next thing somebody come in with with the answer with the next right thing to do and nobody ever says this but to me Saul's completely ridiculous this is a 12-year-old boy that shows up in his tent and says, well, I can kill him. And Saul's like, okay, <laughs> here's my armor. Get going. And I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody really address how ridiculous on the surface this looks. Particularly, now, now if he's looking at David and saying, oh, here's a shepherd and he's got a sling, yeah, and that's yeah. a dangerous weapon, right. and he's going to attack the giant from afar. But Saul's yeah, not Saul's even not seeing not. it that way. Saul's no. saying, okay, well, here's this young kid. <laughs> he's saying it. he can do it. We'll let him try. 
and 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 then I'll run if he loses. Uh, but I'll put his my armor on him, and he's going to fight this giant hand to hand. So, so I, Saul's just not thinking right. Can, yeah. can we just acknowledge that mm. that Saul is not effective yeah. in this narrative? Yeah. I don't even think about David's brothers. Kind of, I'm sure at this point are feeling a little bit. Um, I don't know, a little jealousy towards him. They were all passed over for an effect. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a kid. And so I don't know if there's part of them that when he said he was going to go do it, they're like, well, like, let's just see what happens. Like, <laughs> I don't know that they really are interested in protecting him right. either. It seems like <laughs> all these people are just kind of willing to let him go out and, and see what happens. Yeah, that's good. So, so I, we're, go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was just going to turn, uh, change subjects a little bit, if that's okay. Just, I just, this is this is such a I don't know I don't want to say humorous but it's man it's such a classic just like this macho man kind of like taunting bully in Goliath uh, of just you know flexing his muscles and and just daring anyone to <laughs> to come to come fight him or to come you know overtake him and just and just this idea that it's David that that does it is just I don't know, as I'm reading through this I'm, again I'm just like this is this is so. This is this idea of like of the flexing of the muscles and kind of showing that male dominance of, of Goliath of like anybody come at me I'll take on anybody and then it's just again the way that we see the, the theme that we see in Scripture is the way that God operates is just upside down of everything that the way the way that things things operate uh, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just glaring here uh, this little this little shepherd boy of a. Uh, of, of doing things a different way. Um, yeah. That just that kind of struck me as I was reading it again. And, and I think when we, we talked about Sunday morning about using the gifts God has given you, yeah. da- David's not thinking, okay, I'm going to do something. Th- this mm-hmm. isn't, I'm going to mm-hmm. march around the walls of Jericho yeah. and they're going to fall. Yeah. David is completely aware yeah. of how he's equipped. Yep. He's equipped to kill the lion and the bear and he'll kill this guy yep. too. And besides that, God's on my side. Yep. Yeah. And so I'm equipped yep. and God is on my side. Yep. And um, I, I think that's a pretty good attitude For to sure. have. I'm pretty confident. It is, attitude. it is. And that's what I love. It's like, like this wasn't like a, oh man, I'm just, I'm, this is, this is ridiculous and I'm, I'm doing something so stupid. Like this is like, this is what I was trained for. Like, yeah. let's go. Um, and, and so what you said that the God on his side, that's one of the things that, that I love about this is like, uh, and I think it has significant implications to us is he has like, I think it's later in the, in the, I can't remember exactly what verse, but he's saying like, when I have been out protecting my sheep and these fierce predators have come and I've taken them on, God has been there with me to defeat them. And so I think, um, just that idea of, uh, remembering the times that God has been on our side as we are getting ready to do the next things is just so huge. So he wasn't doing this as just like a, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try my hand at this and, and see what it is. He's no, I've, I've been in situations like this and God has always been faithful. And so that's going to give me the the courage and the strength to then do this next thing. Um, which is so significant for us, right. In anything that we face, it's, um, it's the significance of remembering those times that God has been with us uh, and continues to go with us. Yeah, and I love that he basically sees 
his life up to this point as preparation almost for this moment. We've talked a couple of times yeah. about how being a shepherd is a position of very low rank. I mean, even in his own family, that they were going to have a, a feast and a time with Samuel, the prophet, and they didn't even bother to bring him out of the fields. Like, so he has lived his life very little honor to this point. He has not had a position that anybody else would desire, mm -hmm. but he is talking about how in that, almost like he's proud of the experiences yeah. that he's had in that position because he is he's been prepared for this this is his moment it's good it's just the next chapter to david mm -hmm. that, that david's yeah. turning the page mm -hmm. and god has prepared him for this chapter mm -hmm. and, I, and i guess as, as you think about life as you think about hardship and difficulties uh, you know what what if we thought about those things as okay this is just preparation mm -hmm. for the next chapter yeah, <laughs> that, that i'm going to turn the page and and through whatever i'm going through as I turn that page, God will use that, and I believe that's scriptural, God will use that somehow to empower me to live in the next chapter of my life. And, and I think David saw his, his life in that way. Especially the, so as, as I'm thinking through that and you're saying that, especially in the ordinary routine things. Now, you know, I don't think of killing a lion as ordinary everyday <laughs> routine because I'm a youth pastor, yeah. um, so I'm not fighting off lions. Um, but for David, that was a like that was part of his his routine. That was part of his what he was used to. So I'm, so I'm just thinking through that. How many times are the seemingly just ordinary routine things that we go through actually preparing us for something more significant? But we don't acknowledge it because they are the normal routine everyday things that we that we go through because yeah. we're expecting it to be so, like. Oh, this was really big, so it's got to be preparation. Maybe it's those little, yeah, or even the moments that we're living in a discipline. I mean, we are learning. Like, yeah, I mean, David yeah, would right. have had to have been a very disciplined mm -hmm. person to to care effectively for his flock. I mean, right. he couldn't just be out doing whatever he wants. Like, he has a very specific job. Yeah. And I love that. I was just sitting here realizing in this moment, like. David comes and he hears this giant taunting the Israelites. Like, not only are those his people because he is an Israelite, but like, I feel like almost in his mentality as a shepherd, I almost see a picture of him seeing himself as the king of this people where like he's had to protect his flock of sheep before, but almost like he very much has that like protector for like the flock of his people. And That's like good. that he maybe like is starting to feel some of that that love and affection for them as as a future leader and wanting to lead well mm. and lead with boldness and cur um, mm -hmm. courage. Mm -hmm. That's a that's, yeah. So he sees them as as the sheep and and that just is the lion and the bear that's attacking them and he's going to do what he has to do. That's that's yeah. that's good. Yeah. I, that, so there's so much in this story. I, I mean, and I, I do love Josh. You, you pulled out the ordinary aspects of life. Mm -hmm. You know, so, some people will see life as there's the sacred and then there's mm -hmm. the secular or there's mm -hmm. the non-sacred. All of life is yeah, sacred. Right. <laughs> and, right. and, and God intends all of life to be holy or sacred or I would mm -hmm. use the phrase epic or extraordinary. Mm -hmm. that, that there's that, that there's not there's <laughs> And it always you feel like you're t sucking the joy out of life when you say this. That every conversation matters. Yeah, that's right. Every interaction that's right. matters. And e even though you know it may not be the the most memorable conversation in in the world, it, it may go someplace further. And yeah. so those conversations we have with with our neighbor, uh, 
maybe maybe mm-hmm. we're not sharing the plan of salvation yeah, or, right. or decide but but it is it is an, an opportunity uh, to, to see those conversations in a different light if David would not have done the simple things yeah the mm-hmm. early things and, and and you know David talks about killing the lion and, and the bear I almost said the lion and the lamb. <laughs> the lion and the lamb. The lion and the bear. David talks about killing the lion and the bear, but before he killed the lion and the bear, he stayed outside by himself all night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> before he did any of those, there were steps, yeah. ordinary steps yeah. to extraordinary things that led him to this moment. Hmm. Right, so. You think about how many times was he out there just like, with his sling just practicing hitting <laughs> hitting the same spot on a tree hitting the same like yeah and that there was preparation so he didn't use his sling for the first time mm. the first time he saw a lion mm. <laughs> for him to actually be effective with it meant that he was probably just sitting out there day after day after day refining that skill and ref- like over huh. and over again because he wouldn't have been effective if that was his first time like yeah. this wasn't a kid that just decided he's going to pick up stones and right kill a bear yeah yeah let me make a suggestion. And, and is it possible that David maybe missed a few before he got got some? Oh, <laughs> maybe there was a few yeah. lamb dinners for, for lions oh, and bears yeah, for sure. that David tried to protect. And, sure. and so, you know, we, we get huh. so caught up, well, it didn't work this time. We'll just keep just yeah, keep yeah. working, just keep working, <laughs> just keep working. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good I hadn't thought about that, but surely there were failures where <laughs> yeah. he just botched his shepherd duties. Um yeah. And and that's the thing we can see our failures and and whatever as as you know detrimental and rather than just a kind of a stepping stone on our on our growth and, and working towards that yeah you know the, the bottom line is David has did I interrupt you were you nope, nope. David has so much confidence um, his brothers thought he was cocky yeah yeah for sure uh, he he had I mean and I talked earlier about how ridiculous it is for Saul to put his armor on this kid. But David had enough confidence that it gave Saul confidence. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so you know, a 12-year-old standing out there saying, well, I'll kill this guy. Yeah. And these guys are taking him to the king. He's that yeah. confident that his confidence yeah. is, um, is rubbing off on others. Where do you think that confidence springs hmm. from? Yeah. I, I mean, the, the obvious... <laughs> cliche answer is from God um, but I think it's in God preparing him for that moment um, you know he yeah I think man I think sometimes we think of like this God being on my side is just this like feeling that like oh right now I'm feeling super empowered by, by God's Holy Spirit when what I'm seeing with David is God's presence with him manifested itself in the routine discipline practicing of slingshot target practice or uh and, and then eventually killing tigers and or lions or whatever uh, whatever bears um so i think that confidence came through the power the power of god but the power of god manifested itself in his or became a reality in his kind of his discipline and his uh, practice. And, and I'm trying to pull up or look at, and I can't get my Bible to come up very quickly, but um, you know what I don't see in here? I, I mean, we, we know that, that David is um, you know, full of spirit, and it says that, but, but there's no place in this passage 
where after David sees the giant, that God speaks particularly to him. Hmm. Hmm. That, that, that I'm aware of. Yeah, yeah no, I don't, I don't think so. It, it, it's basically just later that he says that, that God was with him. Yeah, so it kind of comes back to that idea of like that enduring confidence. Like we talk about him being cocky or confident, hmm. but like we don't necessarily see him being arrogant. Like he's not putting on false airs. He's not overselling what he thinks his skills are. I mean, he's, he's likening apples to apples here. I've killed a bear. This is a giant. I mean, like we're talking similar, maybe similar size, similar sure. weight. Like sure. he's, he's being, he's assured, like he's very self-assured, but he's being honest about what his skills and giftings are. And I think sometimes, especially like coming and growing up in a Christian household or in the church, we are almost encouraged to be so humble and so modest about mm. the ways that God has gifted us that we like undersell ourselves. So instead of us coming out in confidence mm. and saying, well, I'm really good at doing this at my job. And so I know I'd be really good at doing this in our <laughs> church. Yeah. We try to like backpedal and we want to make sure that nobody feels like we're bragging or we're <laughs> yeah. overselling <laughs> our abilities. Yeah. yeah. And that's, so, because I mean, like I just look through our church, or I look through church at large and there are so many people in there that are so effective and so hmm. good at the jobs that they have outside of the church. But it seems like when we get into the church, we don't really want any compliments. We don't want people to notice hmm. those gifts because we're afraid that it might come off as bragging and boasting. Am, am, am <laughs> yeah, I, does no, that no. sound? Yeah. That's, it's an interesting. I did a, a gift testing here when we first came, when Terry and I first came. And it was interesting. Nobody self-identified as a leader. Hmm. And, you That's know, what, crazy, I'm, yeah. what I'm aware of is there's many leaders mm -hmm. in this church. And uh, yeah. that nobody would self-identify and say, I have the gift of leadership. Yeah. And yeah. that was kind of an interesting. Huh. But I think you're right. It's, it's, it's as if people begin to believe that um, unless you're doing something completely unseen and unnoticed, that, that there's some additional merit in the unnoticed. And, huh. and I don't know that I think that's true. I think there's additional merit in just doing what God's called you to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. We go back to the thing like, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Also, so we think that it's like, huh. if somebody notices what we're doing, somehow we have lost our reward for, like, mm. I, I feel like that's just a, like a disconnect there in that we can serve visibly and we can serve effectively. And that's not the same as serving for our own sure. glory. Yeah. And thus far, that's kind of been the Reds. They don't know what their left hand or right hand is doing. <laughs> right, Josh, I thought I'd throw that. <laughs> they started so good. Uh, uh, are they one yes. and four? One and three. One and three. <laughs> one and three. Yes. Uh, what's Cleveland? <laughs> uh two and two two and two three and one okay. i can't remember right. i don't know sorry um that's no, okay <sighs> buzzkill what were we talking about david and Goliath. david yeah, the, yeah i don't even uh, i i think um just there should be a confidence in our gifting and skills that god has given us right like yeah. <laughs> there should be um that confidence when God equips us to something and gives us tools. If we don't have confidence, I don't see how we can be effective. And that's coming from someone who sometimes I don't have that confidence. Like when I'm facing a giant in ministry, like I, I there are times when I'm like, man, I, don't, I, I just don't, I don't know that I'm equipped for this. <laughs> um, but I think a, a certain amount of confidence in what God has gifted us and called us to is extremely important. And, and in this story, you know, you can't you can't get past David's contrast with 
with the rest of Israel. Uh, his confidence, and his confidence is in not false things, but right things, yeah. true things, right. and in God. Uh, you know, you, you can't get past the five stones. D- David does not pick up five stones because he thinks, well, I'm going to miss four times. Uh, we, we get later in the story, and Goliath has four brothers or four sons mm. that are killed by other. Mm-hmm. And so I always, I always believe that David didn't think he was killing one giant that day he thought well there's five of them that is like really over the top god is with me confidence um but but and you can read that i think it's in second samuel they talk about the mighty men of david that that kill the other brothers or sons depending on the translation so so david's got confidence um he's been anointed by god um he's been and what does it mean to be anointed? When you think about being anointed by God, what do you think that means? Hmm. I just, I, I think it's, it's that reassurance that God goes with you, has called you to this, and go, and therefore, because God has called you and gifted you to this, that He goes with you. Um, and so, what better? I guess what better? source of confidence than knowing that God has sent you, called you, gifted you to this. That's good. Mara? Yeah, I was thinking like, because we all believe like God is with us all the time in his presence. We can't escape it. But when we think about like his anointing on our lives, it's almost like when we come together with him and we want to recognize, but also like partner with accepting that presence and that that is going to drastically change the the course of our lives as we live into the things of God and the the Mm. desires of his heart so when we feel his anointing his presence him flowing through us I feel like there's almost like a contractual like a where we're coming with him together right Hmm. that's good now I I keep coming back to the word approval and Mm. and, and I think sometimes we get to this and you know I think particularly even now as we try to make decisions you 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 First off, not everybody's going to ever be happy, so you have to you have to live with that realization. But but how often is our paralysis by analysis caused by, well, what will they think, or what what about them, and what about and, and not that we're not concerned about people, sure. we are concerned about people, but but ultimately we we seek the approval of God mm-hmm. that that what he thinks ultimately is is what matters right. and uh and sometimes we just have to we have to lay our head down at night and say well i feel like i've done what god's called me to do mm-hmm. and uh maybe maybe feel misunderstood a bit mm-hmm. but this is where god has led me yeah. and mm-hmm. I, I think i want to trust him in in, in these moments mm-hmm. for sure well what are the things you guys want to talk about with david and goliath I'm just uh, so Paul. What you're just talking about uh, with the, with the five stones and uh, anticipating having to take on uh, Goliath's brothers, um, but it's later on that we see that it was as you said uh, David's men that took on the brothers. And so I'm just thinking, my mind's just going, well, why did they all of a sudden take care of the other brothers? Well, probably because they saw what David was able to do and the confidence that, that they had. And so as I'm just thinking through that, I'm like, um, what those implications as a leader is my 
is my confidence in God, um, I guess, stretching or calling other people to have confidence in God. Does that make sense? Yeah, what, like what I'm trying like to you say you taking there? the first step yeah. paves the way for people yeah. to step forward yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah and if you don't call that out, people don't know. So, so I mean, it, it, you know, David's confidence was David's confidence, and only David's confidence, mm-hmm. until he called out the giant and he and he acted on it. And so, yeah. oftentimes, you know, we we may have faith, and we may be doing things, and we may be overcoming, but but if that is not shared with anyone else, then then it just becomes an internalized mm-hmm. thing. And I don't think faith's intended to be merely internalized. Right. I think faith is meant to be Absolutely. is meant to be spread. And yeah. it's spread when we share. Okay. Yeah. Hey, here here's and, and so that's why when we come into a sanctuary with our mask on, as if there's nothing going on, as if there's never any concerns, as if there's never anything to overcome, we, we do a disservice to ourselves, we do a disservice to what God's doing, and we do a disservice to each other. Yeah. Because it's in those moments when people can see us vulnerable and fighting through things and working through things that their faith can be built as well. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes yeah, we almost have to call out that we're taking, yeah, we're taking that step, kind of like what you said, we're stepping out in faith. I'm like looking in here, and like David basically is, I mean, he's. He's far enough away from the Philistine. Like we've talked about how he, there was a big distance between him and Goliath. Goliath was never going to get at him. Mm-hmm. And he's just yelling out to them like all the things that he's going to do. He's coming against him in the name of the Lord of armies, the God of the ranks of Israel. You've defied him. Today the Lord will hand you over to me. I mean, I can literally see him just shouting this. And everyone can hear. And then he's like, I'm a, yeah, I'm going to remove your head. All of these things. And then the whole world will know that Israel has a God. And this whole assembly will know it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord, the Lord's. And so I can just see like almost like that, like you see those epic <laughs> so, movies yeah, where it's yeah, like, yeah. this is, this is the speech. This is Braveheart <laughs> yeah, yeah. riding we down the Sparta. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so almost like that moment. And then that quick yeah. Goliath falls and it's just like, whoa, that just happened. But like that also set this in motion. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I, Braveheart's the, the perfect. Uh, Freedom. <laughs> you know, I, and David and Goliath. That's that's definitely a, a phrase that's within our um, our language, and it means the underdog. Oh yeah, everybody knows that story. Yeah. Uh, but David's not an underdog in this yeah. story. He is. That's he's right. not an underdog, and. Um, you know, the, in Romans it says, if if God is for us, who can be against us? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so I, I guess, you know, the, the direct correlation is that, that maybe as you're listening, you're going through something, uh, feel God's approval. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, know that God is on your side, and if God is for you, who can be against you? Yeah. That, that doesn't mean that life is all butterflies and rainbows and, and nobody ever gets sick and there's never any pain. Yeah. There is. We know that. Yeah. Uh, but but we also believe that God walks with us even through um, the, the difficult times, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, maybe maybe in your story uh, you're you're not going to kill the giant the way that David did, uh, but I do believe you're going to win in the way David did, no matter what the story looks like. Well, guys, that's good. All right. Well, yeah, we have I've got nothing. We have services this week, and we. We're going to be masked. And so, you were talking about masks earlier, about uh, you know the masks that we wear yeah. and to cover up. Yeah. <laughs> Are you making a COVID joke? Yeah, again? what a COVID joke. No more COVID <laughs> jokes. We're tired of COVID jokes. Um, so services are 9-11. Dr. Purdue will be sharing with us. And so 
uh, invite a friend, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing your half your faces. Uh, <laughs> that's a COVID joke. What? <laughs> oh man! But no, 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 we'll edit that out. Look, look no, at us in your eyes on, on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Our heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for the example of David, his faith, his confidence. I pray, Lord, that you'll give us this type of confidence. Uh, not, not, Lord, that uh, only when, when it appears from the outside that we win, that we're, we're following you, Lord, but, but this confidence that allows us to move through life with this expectation that you have a plan and a will and you are at work in our life. Uh, be with our church. Be with uh, uh, all, of, all of us, Lord. Just keep us close to you and close to each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.